like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Today's Song of the Soul guest describes herself as a musical mystic. And by the time we're done here today, I'm sure you'll understand why. On her site, Robbie Crawford clearly states her intentions, among them to offer sacred, transformational music in alignment with divine love and light, and to assist in our awakening to our spiritual nature and its potential to heal ourselves and our world. Playing instruments like crystal bowls and wooden flutes, Robbie seeks the vibrations that interact with the energies of our chakras, but I'll let her explain that better herself. Right now, Robbie Crawford joins us by phone from Viroqua, Wisconsin. Robbie, I'm very pleased to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. I should say it's my pleasure. You do an amazing thing with your performances, with your crystal bowls and your flutes and your frog instruments. I don't know what those are actually called. <laughs> the frogs. You have been doing this for something over 10 years now, it appears to me. How did you get started in this? Well, many times something comes about after what we would normally look at as a calamity. And I was a music teacher conductor with a great desire since my childhood, which was spent watching Leonard Bernstein conducting, I wanted to be a famous orchestral conductor. So during my teaching, I would go to various workshops, and I also got involved with certain community orchestras, and I had a chorale called the Roberta Crawford Chorale in Milwaukee, and I was determined to become an orchestral conductor. But something happened in the meantime. My body gave out, my spirit gave out, it was not my journey. So what I had learned through it was I needed to create something else. What I learned physically and emotionally was to become more in tuned to the vibration. And that's pretty much how it came about. I could not teach anymore. I could not conduct anymore. I had actually gone to Ann Arbor, Michigan to study with this amazing advanced musicianship trainer. And she wanted you to practice five hours a day. <laughs> I think I did that once. And it's dwindled down day by day until finally the last half hour that I could actually pour any energy into. I had to drink so much coffee to get myself going. And I ordered some scores to start studying for my next workshop. And I could not turn the page. And I said to myself, is this it? 
So I had to go back to Wisconsin trying to figure out what my life's purpose was since I was no longer following my childhood dream. Basically, the year I came back, I purchased a native-style flute that I just loved. I was playing it while I was trying to figure out my life. But I played it like a classical musician. Too much information, trying to figure out what notes can I play with this? How far can I go? How can I adjust different kinds of scales? And it suddenly dawned on me, no, this instrument was not created for that kind of purpose. It's all about coming from your heart. And once I did that, things started to shift for me. I had gotten a book from my brother and sister-in-law that I read Memorial Day weekend, and it was called Music in the 21st Century by Fabian Mammon, who is the founder of Tamado, which is the academy, it's a virtual academy for sound, color, and movement, which I was trained in. So I read that book, and I thought, why did I spend so much money in Ann Arbor working for no particular purpose? And when I read this book, I went, this is saying exactly the same thing that Marianne talked about, which was that we are vibration, and that's how we get affected by sound, because we are resonating with the sounds that are coming through. So long story short, too late probably, I called to see if I could still get into level one, which was in the south of France. The person who answered said, well, we're all out of dorm rooms, so you'll have to camp outside. And I'm just not much of an outdoorsy kind of girl that way. But other people were getting all excited for me. and thought, oh, cool, that's really tough, having to go to the south of France and camp. So I kind of changed my attitude. My friend let me borrow his tent, and none of my luggage showed up on time, so I ended up having to sleep indoors anyways. So that's how I started, by learning how to use different intervals, how to use the sound vibrations to affect change in our bodies, in our spiritual aspects, in our emotional aspects, and our mental I think you better get us started with an example of it right away, Robbie, because I'm imagining a lot of people are stretching their imaginations to picture what you do. So what shall we start with? Let's start with love's return. Okay, love's return. So I guess love went away. (laughs) Well, I would say my whole journey has been the journey to my heart. My entire life, I've been trying to figure out what that means and how to open my heart. So Love's Return is, it came to me while I was working with some friends of mine who were just engaged and were about to be married. So I basically wrote it for them, but it has a a very deeper reasoning. There's a deeper reasoning behind it, and that would be that it's about our connection to our divine essence, which is our original separation. For me, that's been the strongest desire, is to get in line with the love that is available to us, to get into the resonance that is being offered to us. And we can't do that when we're injured or we're anxious or, you know, we have all our thoughts and feelings bottling up our our heart. There's an echo in there which is sort of like, ah, there is an echo of love that I'm beginning to hear. So that's sort of what that song's about. The song is Love's Return. It's from Robbie Crawford's latest CD, Ascending Heart, An Upper Chakra Awakening. Here is Love's Return.
Love's Return from Ascending Heart by Robbie Crawford. It's latest of three CDs she's put out sharing this music of the chakras. Is that a fair way to say it? I I mean, it's larger than that, but the chakras are always embodied. Well, a lot of people don't understand what chakras are, and it's basically an Eastern philosophy that we have these energy centers in our body but we have a lot of other energy which is called chi there are different types of chi and we have these subtle fields sort of inside us and outwardly it's in these subtle fields that we have the finer ones are more crystalline and they have more spiritual information and this information has to come through these fields in order to get to us and our chakras kind of allow that to happen they sort of translate chi or this energy into a denser form so that it can come into the body. The energy centers have different organs that are associated with them and they basically go up our body from the base below the navel, just above the navel, to the heart, the throat, the forehead, which is our seat of wisdom, and finally the crown the top of the head, which is where our spiritual connection comes in. And so love's return, what chakra areas is that working in? That's the heart. That wasn't really a surprise for me. (laughs) (laughs) I I did have that intuition, but Mm -hmm. how do you know which sounds are tuned to which chakras? Is it, you know, the lower ones are the lower on the body and the higher ones are up, you know, to the crown chakra? Or is there another way of correlating them? Well, I've learned another way. Although it is the lower sounds would be the lower chakras because they're more about your connection to the earth and your childhood and more of the denser experiences that we've had. Whereas you go higher, then you get into the higher tones, the finer vibrations. The um, heart is sort of the connection between the lower chakras. It's the bridge between the lower chakras of the earth and the higher chakras, which are basically more spiritual. The pitches, there are a lot of people who believe that it's the C scale, which is like singing all the white keys on the piano from C to C. And Fabian, my teacher, had a different theory. He believed that we should tune to the vibration of the earth, which the Orientals believed was FF sharp. So this is based mostly on Fabian's research and his experimentation, which I can really see how beneficial it is because he believed that it's just too close. If you're going from your heart to your throat to go from previously an F to a G is just not enough space for vibration to to move between your heart and your throat. So he believed in different combinations of notes have certain vibrations. And the fifth, which is going from the first note of the scale to the fifth note, is a very stimulating interval. It sort of is the instigator of change, you know, of movement. So he believed that you should tune the chakras, starting with F, F sharp, which is what the Orientals believe the earth vibrated at, because that's what you really want to tune into, and then go up to a note five steps higher than that for the next chakra, which is below the navel, and that would be C. The next one is above the navel, which is your solar plexus, and that's actually where you're at the bottom of your lungs, your stomach, spleen, pancreas, liver, gallbladder all reside. So I also work with the different, um, the frogs are actually what I use for the liver. 
So everything sort of has an energy purpose around it. It resonates with different aspects of the body. Well, the thought that I had, particularly when I was listening to your Transcendence CD, which is the second in the series of three, you have the Sacred Masculine, that's the second track in the root chakras, Sacrum Chakras, then you get into Rebirth of Divine Feminine. So you're going higher in the notes. Does that mean that we men are, you know, <laughs> we're stuck in those root chakras. We're, we're down in the pelvic region or whatever. Does it, is that our native mode? Oh, geez. Boy, I didn't mean to give that impression. You didn't give that impression. I just made that up. <laughs> Let's just say it means that we have been imbalanced. We have really focused or honored maybe the masculine aspects of all of us, not just men. We've honored the masculine aspects of action. You know, get her done. Do this. You know, you got to do that. Women tend to be more intuitive, emotional, allowing for more flow. And that aspect in our recent history, now there was a matriarchy many years ago, which probably needed the balance of the masculine, so we moved into the masculine, and now it's just a time of let's bring into balance both aspects in all of us, not just the women. <laughs> the women are not the only ones who have feminine energy. So it's really not denigrating one over the other. It's just learning how to bring both aspects into our wholeness. I guess we need the entire scale to make the fine music of life. Exactly. So give us some more music so we can hear how this plays out. What's next? I would like to go to Cross of Love. In my mother's death, she died in January of 1998, and she was my the second parent to die. And I, she was my best friend, and it really hit me. So 10 years, this would be 2009, the anniversary of her death, 10 years later, this song came through me. The words came first, and then I had a session with a friend of mine who does wonderful energetic work, and the music came after. But I also want to talk about the basis of this music. My friend, his name is Tat, he's the initials T-A-T, is a very creative, energetically, psychically, mathematically, physics he understands math and physics, and he created a funny little instrument that has these prongs sticking out of it, these metal prongs. They're like six prongs, and the tallest one, I would think, would be the lowest. The next one would is a little smaller. It would be the higher than the last one, and so on until we get a little prong that's about one and a half to two inches high. And he said he based this mathematically on the phi ratio, which is PHI, which is mathematically, if you translated that, it would, in a sacred geometry, it would sort of look more like a spiral. So he created this instrument, and I played it, and the notes that I got were not what I expected. I expected low, higher, 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 all the way to the smallest prong. And instead, I got really quite an interesting series of Da, 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 da. I guess that's five notes. Da, 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 da. Okay, there's five prongs. That just didn't make sense to me. 
but it started on D, which in the system that I learned from Fabian is the heart chakra. And every time I played with that sequence and just improvised at the piano, I just felt my heart expanding. So after I had this session, I was playing around with this pattern again and improvising with it, and the music and the words just seemed to flow. And that's when I came up with this song, and I called it Cross of Love because of my background. I was a devoted Catholic most of my life. I even taught in the Catholic schools, a Catholic high school, a Catholic university, and I was very devoted. And I grew up with the Latin masses, so those aspects are going to show themselves. But what I remember really hating was the Stations of the Cross. Every Lent, I just hated seeing Jesus suffer. That's why that title came to me, because I think the real message of Jesus was love. The words came through very powerfully to me, and it was a really emotional experience, and it was like bringing all aspects or some aspects of my being that I might have been running away from. And at the end, it says, let's heal the cross of love and make forgiveness real, because I think that's what the message of Jesus was. At least that's what I've come to believe. It's all about we are love. What is God but love? So that's what this piece is about. It's Cross of Love by Robbie Crawford. Am I alone in how I feel? Or do you feel the sorrow too? I can't explain the sense of loss. It's not the sanest kind of thought. Too deep and wide for sanity. The perfect home for hate and greed. The mystic mind appears to sleep. While future hopes we never meet. Lessons come and go. cycle we must break God help us now before it's late to suffer not the pain we cause deludes the truth and fights God's law insanity will keep the vision dim until we find the light within fear, shame and guilt have led the way seem here to stay Come, compassion, come Oh, 
You'll find this song on Robbie Crawford's website. It's not on any of her CDs so far. Robbie Crawford, Robbie is spelled R-A-H-B-I, RobbieCrawford.com. You can also just follow the link from NordenSpiritRadio.org. You can listen again to her Song of the Soul program via my site, and you can also find bonus excerpts there. So Cross of Love, can you explain a little bit more? You said, Robbie, that for most of your life, and you're in your 60s now, you're a devoted Catholic. 
but that is a past tense, a word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does that mean you are now? An, an ex-devoted Catholic? Uh, I'm devoted. Let's put it that way. I am devoted to my spiritual path. And that has taken some twists and turns. While I was teaching in a Catholic school, I also became a born-again Christian and had 14 years of being devoted in that regard. And I, I read the Bible cover to cover, five times if not six. After that, I went further and looked for more translations so I could get a deeper understanding. And finally, I just went to the New Testament, and then I just went to the Gospels, and then I narrowed my reading down to the words of Jesus. And I closed the book, and this was at the beginning of my dark night of the soul, which lasted 16 years. Then I said, is that all there is? I was really searching for a truer, deeper meaning to what did Jesus really try to tell us? And what is our real connection to the divine? I had a lot of discussions with my brother, who seemed to be off the other end. You know, just He started a lot earlier than I did in his search for spiritual meaning. I believe what we all have within us is that divine spark. The parts of the Christian sect that were eliminated from the Bible were called Gnostics. They had a totally different belief system than the Orthodox. They believed that there was no mediator, that we had the true connection to the divine. All we needed to be was open to it. When we're open to that understanding, we have a connection to what is true, to what can heal us, to what we're really about, to our hearts and to the hearts of one another. Instead of just judging ourselves, basically, because when we judge somebody else, we're really judging what we see in ourselves. So that, it's again, the true message is about finding our way back to the heart of the divine. As in love's return. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so do you have a name for what you are now? I mean, is this part of this path? You've talked about Chinese roots to some of this. I know some of it through Hindu. Buddhism usually comes into that mix. Having been Catholic, having been born again Christian, do you have any kind of name for these next phases that you've been through and are in now? You know what I like to call myself? A musical mystic. I am just in the process of making a deeper connection with my divine source. And it doesn't have a name. It's basically my own journey. And I've, I've also, I have to tell you, I had a stint with the Presbyterians too because my father was Presbyterian and we were actually baptized Presbyterian at first and then converted to Catholicism, which was my mother's religion. And then I also had a time where I was directing a Lutheran church choir. So I've got a little bit of basis with a lot of the Eastern philosophies. And I, honestly, I believe that God is all-inclusive. So it would be hard for me to call myself one thing now because it, it seems like it would leave out the other aspects of my wholeness. I recognize that one of the bad things we can do is to try and put a big thing in a little box. 
and that happens with the divine so frequently. It's one of the reasons I'm a Quaker, because we don't have the sides of the box that most religions do. And that's just absolutely necessary for me to continue in my following of truth. All different spiritual traditions have that mystic branch, have that branch that really delves into the connection to the divine. And, you know, I can think of the passage in St. Paul where he says, when I was a child, I ate like a child, I was taught like a child, and now I've grown up. And I think that's where we're all going, to be grown up enough to believe your own spiritual truth. Well, let's put it this way. I'm talking about my journey. I'm not talking about anybody else's. Everybody has to do what they feel is in their highest good. And for me, it's been very important for me to find my personal connection with the divine. For me, that is about my growth into becoming a divine representative. Okay, let me put it this way. I wish to be a representative of my divine essence. And that's not going to come from somebody outside of me. That's going to come from within me. You know, and I don't know if this is useful to you or not, but while I absolutely agree with you that the truth that you can and you need to find it within you, my belief is that truth within me is the same truth that's out there. So how I know it's real is I see it within me. How I understand it is how I see it in the world, how it works. Now, I don't know if that makes any sense to you or even matters, but what I'm assuming as as a musical mystic that your statement of what you find inside is what you bring out through your music. So why don't you give us another example of that? Nature, the portal to wisdom, would be then following what we just talked about would be the next best selection because to be separate from the outside world, like you mentioned, what we see in the outside world, is disconnecting from that truth. Because, yes, what we believe in the inside, we see reflected on the outside. So in nature, Portal to Wisdom, I actually recorded a thunderstorm. I have always been terrified of thunderstorms since I've been a child. And I freak out every time I hear the thunder in the distance. And I have to really practice my meditation skills in order to calm myself and not allow fear to take over. So it was sort of interesting. I had to learn how to shift my fear to wonder. As I was recording these thunderstorms, and I did it at night, I had to sort of listen to the storm from a creative aspect, from the ears of a composer as opposed to a child who is afraid of storms. And it sort of brought out this sense of wonder in me. And I have to say, it has shifted my feelings around storms. I can now listen to them and think, wow, there's a lot of energy in that, or doesn't that sound cool? Or, wow, that really shook the building. (laughs) Things like that. So nature, portal to wisdom, there is real truth And there's a real connection to the divine in nature. That was my feeling in composing this. I wasn't sure what the heck I would be doing when it came to the third eye, this this seat of wisdom. I wasn't sure what the music should sound like. And these things just came to me. And nature seemed so important in it. It's like we can't really 
come to true wisdom until we see all the aspects of God and we see it in nature. We see God in nature. We see God in each other. That's what this particular piece is about.
The song is Nature, Portal to Wisdom. It's from Robbie Crawford's latest CD, Ascending Heart, An Upper Chakra Awakening. I love the sounds of the storm in there. I was wondering if you just had a, a, a canned recording there. No. It, it's, it's wonderful that it was your own experience. And all the sounds that came with the storm, like the birds, I mean, they were just remarkable. And one of the things I found interesting about this is you talked about when you went to study with Fabian in France that you said you didn't want to camp because you're not really an outdoors girl type of thing. And so it's kind of ironic, perhaps, that nature portal to wisdom, it's taking you places you didn't want to go. Exactly. And I can't say I didn't love nature. I felt very drawn to the woods. As a matter of fact, during those 16 years when I was in my dark night of the soul, I would take so many walks and just find myself so refreshed by being in the woods. And I loved animals. I loved birds. I just, they're just mystical to me. But there was an aspect of my being that focused more on the intellect as opposed to the physical. And I was not connected very well with my physical reality. So this is part of my journey, learning how to incorporate the physical in balance with my spiritual, intellectual, and emotional life. When you give your background, uh, Catholic and time as born-again Christian, one of the things that it seems a mistake to me, and certainly I'm not the arbiter of goodness in the universe, but it seems to me that some religions, including the Catholicism I grew up in myself, uh, born-again Christians, there is a pretty significant disconnection from our bodies that goes on in there. Exactly. You know, you're going to go to hell if you masturbate kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or Are we going to go there? <laughs> we can go anywhere we want. Oh, wow. Or that, you know, it's all about these kinds of bonds of matrimony are sacred and the others are sinful. Those kinds of things which are changing in the world. And I believe Catholicism and born-again Christians that there's transformations happening in those domains too. But... This idea of reconnecting to nature, one of the things that I think prevent a lot of people from progressing is the good and what's going to get you into heaven has been defined as X, Y, and Z. And so you you can't go to the full lengths of your abilities, your knowledges, your wisdom. Was it very hard for you to leave that area? I mean, I was raised Catholic and, you know, you only get into heaven if you're a Catholic, right? All the other people, too bad for them, I'm sorry. But <laughs> what was that like for you? Well, the dark night of the soul that lasted 16 years, that was part of my resistance. The part of me that was afraid to go into this unknown to give up what I really felt comfortable with. I have an interesting story, and I have to thank my brother for this. He was often about going into these other spiritual areas studying the Oriental, and my brother was at some workshop, and I had, he called me, and I was talking to him, and I had these questions that were bubbling up that I was, I I had some concepts I was just really hooked on, and one was, no one gets to the Father except through me, and the other one was, I really believed in the rapture. I had asked him, well, do you believe there's going to be a rapture? And And he said, well, if you think about the light body how Jesus ascended, he did not ascend with a body that was really weighted down with density, with negative feelings and thinking. 
or negative patterns, he ascended with his physical body intact, but with higher frequencies. How can we expect to suddenly disappear in a rapture with our bodies if they're so weighted down with this density? When he told me that, it hit me like a ton of bricks, and I got so angry. I started yelling at God and said, are you telling me? Because I knew how depressed I was. I could feel the weightiness of my untapped emotional expressions. And I said, you mean after all I have sacrificed, all the things I have given up for you, it's possible that if the rapture happened, I wouldn't ascend? And that anger was an important aspect of my being able to let go of all the things that I believed in the past in order to open up to higher truths. I think all different spiritual traditions, we have a tendency to create God in our own image. And if we need an avenging God, or if we need a God that punishes, that's what we cling to. And I think, what's the harm in believing that God is love? And that that's who we are. And that's where we will return. And how we'll return. You know, the harm in believing that God is love is that you may not do as well as a stockbroker on Wall Street. <laughs> well, that's something I'm dealing with. Yes. Mm-hmm. I sacrificed the idea of money, and I've, you know, I'm trying to regain the idea that money is just another form of energy. And if you are really, truly connected divine essence, or if you're wanting to bring the totality of divinity within, there is no child of God that's an orphan. There is no child of God who lacks for anything. We have the right to believe that we are worthy of being loved and that we are worthy of having support in the form of financial support. And we are worthy to receive all that we truly desire. And we will not desire anything from a place of disease. We will desire what's in alignment with the divine if we are truly in desiring that connection. So money now to me is a means to support my spiritual path, to help me be more, to have more of a spiritual influence, where I couldn't do that if I didn't have instruments or recording equipment. Well, let's wish you a lot more of those resources and tools so that Thank you. you can keep doing your work fully and completely. I think we have time for one more of your songs. How would you like to conclude your Song of the Soul, Robbie? Well, it is Life's Review. It is the crown chakra. And, you know, I have to tell you something kind of funny. It wasn't funny at the time, but when I started Ascending Heart, I didn't think I was quite ready to start these upper chakras because I wasn't sure where I'd be going with any of it. And I didn't think that the system I used for transcendence was going to work with Ascending Heart. So what happened? I ended up with heart issues. I really went through quite a lot of testing, and I did a lot of meditation, and I actually ended up getting a clear. One of the issues, they thought there might be some blockages, which turned out to be there would be absolutely no blockages. And the other thing was a hole in my heart. The final result of that was, there's no evidence of a hole in my heart, which I know my mother told me I had one when I was born. So it's working on this heart chakra really helped me 
heal my heart issues. I got to the throat chakra and I lost my voice. I, I was like, oh boy, what's going to happen when I get to the third eye <laughs> and the crown chakra? I'm like, what's going to happen now? And it's really funny what came through for this crown chakra was this review, life's review. It's like I'm starting from the base chakra, going through all the instruments I use with the different chakras, which also resonate with different organs, like the percussion is more of the lower chakras and the water carriers. And I'm going through taking all these chakras up to the crown where everything becomes one. So the ideal in our lives is to be able to bring all the aspects of ourselves into our heart so that we can transmute it into divine energy instead of running from the different aspects that we have concepts of being good or bad or, you know, we all do the best we can and we have to just learn to accept that and know that it's all okay. It's been forgiven. It's been released. The only ones judging us for it are ourselves. And so therefore, life's review, a possession of the chakras. That's how we'll end today's Song of the Soul. I want to thank you so much, Robbie, for doing your work, your healing work. By your website, people can note, for instance, that you do presentations at Mayo Clinic for cancer patients. Uh, There's healing in many forms and with many people that you participate in. I thank you for doing that, and I thank you for joining me for Song of the Soul. Mark, it's been an absolute delight talking to you, and thank you for bringing forward all the different aspects of the creative spiritual process in each of us. We've got too much abundance of music and interview today, so you'll find bonus excerpts to this interview with Robbie Crawford on northernspiritradio.org, including music and interview. But now, the last song for Robbie's Song of the Soul, Life's Review, A Procession of the Chakras.
The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a song of the soul.